0: The topic for consideration I want to look at this afternoon is seeking what is above in mind and action. And our text that we're going to look at is a lot of Colossians chapter 3. And Colossians is a very good book to just sit down and read. It doesn't take too terribly long to read the book, it's only four chapters. And in Colossians, there's a lot about who our identity is as Christians, or what our identity is as Christians. How that affects the what we think about and the things we do and how we treat others. And uh, this is very true in this chapter that we're going to discuss this afternoon. And so I hope that we can reflect on our lives and maybe see what we seek and see what we do and and how those things affect us. The first words of Colossians chapter three are if then. And a lot of times that means, that you need to go back and look at something that happened previously. So that's what we'll do this afternoon. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 20, Paul writes, Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourselves to regulations? Paul kind of uses that same phrase again, therefore. So because you died with Christ, then why do you subject yourselves to these rules, these regulations? And in a lot of cases in the early churches... Those churches were made up of Jewish Christians, people who were of the Jewish religion who had converted to Christianity, or they were, they were Gentile Christians who weren't Jewish and became Christians. And a lot of times they would kind of butt heads after a while, and the Jews, the Jewish Christians, even though they're new people now, they, they don't have to live according to their old laws. They still want to hold on to those things. They want to hold on to their own traditions, to their, own, their old regulations And they also wanted the Gentiles to do those things as well. They wanted to enforce their old practices. And so Paul's kind of asking, why, if you're now in Christ, why do you live according to these ways? And so there's a few more verses, and then he gets right into chapter 3. So he says, If then... If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. No longer seek the regulations, no longer seek the approval of men, but seek the things that are above. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. In verse 2, he says, Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. As we said, since... You've been raised with Christ. Don't seek the old laws, the old traditions. Instead, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seek heavenly things. Seek spiritual things. So this morning, I want to look at these first four verses here for a moment and look at how we seek things, maybe what we should seek, obviously the spiritual things. And that's what he says there in verse 1, to seek heavenly things where Christ is. And I always think of Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 where Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first the church. Seek first God's righteousness. Put those things first and everything else will be taken care of. You know, our lives must reflect our action in seeking Christ and making Him our complete focus. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 2, the Hebrew writer says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endeared the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking unto Jesus. The verse before talks about this race that we are to run. This race that we are to run with patience, with endurance. talks about the great cloud of witnesses that have been before us, those heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, like Abraham, like Moses, like Sarah, and among many others. They're ones who live their lives, running the race with patience, with endurance, having the promises of God in their hearts, having the promises of God in their minds. And we can run the race with confidence as well, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. The same God that promised Abraham and Moses now makes promises to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And so we have to make him our focus in running our race. You know, you probably can't tell just by looking, but I don't run a whole lot nowadays. I don't just go out and, and run and practice and run for marathons and stuff like that. And I figured if I just woke up one morning and decided, well, I'm going to go run a marathon. We'll just see what happens. I'd probably get started and probably about 30 seconds later, my body would be under a severe amount of torture and pain, and I would immediately stop, and I would just go back to my car and go home. And I wouldn't finish that race, because I haven't trained myself to run a marathon. And I suppose when you're running long distances, it takes a lot of focus, a, a, just a, a, an incredible amount of focus, not on maybe the pain you're feeling at the time, maybe not on, boy, this is difficult, but focusing on the prize ahead. And so as we run this race of life, we can't be so caught up in things around us, even though it's really easy to get caught up in what's going on, to get caught up in how difficult and how painful life can be. We have to look to Jesus, who is the author and finish of our faith, put our focus on him, seeking heavenly things where Christ is. And that leads to this next point, setting your affection. In verse number 2, Paul writes, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Our actions and our thoughts will show others, and ultimately it will show God what we really love and what we really care about. The things that we spend our time thinking about. You know, set your affection on things above. There's a lot of things in this world that we really enjoy, that we really like, that bring us temporary joy. So where do we set our affections? Do we set our affections on worldly things or on spiritual things? In Romans chapter 8 and verse 5, Paul writes, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. So the things that we love the most, the things that we set our affections on are the things that we're going to think about the most, the things that we're going to make time to do, to make time to think about. If we live according to the flesh, we're going to think a lot about our fleshly desires. We're going to think a lot about the world but if we love spiritual things, if we set our affections on those things, and we'll spend a lot of our time thinking about spiritual things, thinking about God, praying to God, studying His Word. So if we want to seek the heavenly things where Christ is, then we have to set our affection on those things as well. That leads to a spiritual mindset. In Matthew chapter 6, in verse 19, Jesus writes, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Don't make the things that you love the most things of this world. Instead, make them spiritual things. Because everything that we can love on this earth will eventually be destroyed if they're not starting to break already. You know, you you don't have to drive very far down the road to find big chunks of the road that are messed up, that are broken down things. Over time on this earth, just wear and tear and break down. Our bodies do that. And everything that we have wears and tears and breaks down. And Instead, Jesus is making the point that heavenly things are not corrupted, such as the church. And that's why he tells them later in this chapter to set uh, their mind on the church, to seek it first. In Psalms chapter 119 and verse 36, the psalmist writes, Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. As the psalmist pleads to God, pull my heart closer to your word. Pull my heart closer to your testimonies. This should be our prayer every day. Turn away our eyes from looking at things that are worthless, that have no true meaning and no true value. Instead of pulling our hearts closer to the things of this world that we see and that we really want and that we covet, turn our hearts and our eyes to God's word. And having a spiritual mindset is extremely important in setting and seeking the things that are above, not the things of this earth. Why should we set our affection on things above? In verse 3 of Colossians chapter 3, Paul writes, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Because you're a new person now. You're not the old person that you used to be. You died the death of the old man, and your life is now hidden in Christ. Now when God looks at you, He doesn't see you as the sinner that you were before, but now he sees you as one of his own children. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, Paul writes, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. It's still us. It's still the same old body, the same flesh, after we come out of the water, but we're supposed to be a different person now. Now we identify as somebody who Christ lives in. And the life that we now should live shouldn't be according to our flesh and our wants. It should be according to God's wants and, and God's commandments. And of course, the ultimate reward that we are promised if we seek the things which are above. In verse number 4, he continues saying, "...when Christ, who is our life, appears..." Then you also will appear with him in glory, Christ who is our life. In John 14 and 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Christ is our way, and he is our truth, and he is our life. And we should live like that statement is true. We should live our lives like Christ is our only way, like Christ is our truth, and he is our life, so that we can have that reward. In John chapter 11 and verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Christ is our life, and even though our old bodies may perish in this world, we can still live. Christ promises that to his believers, to his followers. Though we may die, we shall live eternally. There's that ultimate reward that we have in front of us if we seek Christ first, if we live like we're seeking Christ first. And so this chapter at verse number five, it kind of transitions a little bit from seeking things which are above now to how we live our lives. Because ultimately what we seek will tell a lot about what we do. What we seek will influence our decisions greatly. And so now that we've been baptized into Christ, now that We've put on Christ and we identify as a Christian and now that we're supposed to seek the things above and seek heavenly things, that should change the way we act. In verse number five we read, it says, Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Put to death your members which are on the earth. The earth. You know, that seems pretty extreme. Put to death your members which are on the earth. You know, drastic changes call for drastic action. Now we're this new creature, we're this new person, and we have this new meaning of life. We already read Galatians 2 and 20, but I just want to focus on that first phrase. I have been crucified with Christ. We most of us know what crucifixion is and what all it entails. The physical torture and the beating that Christ received on our behalf. Even though we didn't deserve that sacrifice, but he gave it for us. When We're we're supposed to give our all back to God. We're supposed to crucify our old man with Christ. And that calls for a lot of changes. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 29, Jesus said, If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you... That one of your members perish, then for your whole body to be cast into hell. You know, Jesus wasn't just being sarcastic. Jesus wasn't just kidding around, but he was serious. If your right eye causes you to sin, cast it away, cast it far from you. And we might have to do the same thing with, uh, with many things in our lives. Maybe we can't hang out with the same people that we used to because they're a bad influence on us, and we have to cast them away. That's not an easy thing to do. Maybe we can't watch the old movies that we used to love to watch. Maybe we can't listen to the same music that we used to love to listen to. Whatever the case is, we have to cast evil away from us. We have to destroy the members on the earth. We have to put off those members of the earth that cause us to sin. Why should we continue to change? I think the, first, the next verse tells us why. In verse 6, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. And there's a very similar verse that right there next to it, Ephesians chapter 5, with the same sort of language. Let no one one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. In Ephesians chapter 5, it's talking about the exact same things that were mentioned in Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 5. So it's not the wrath of God that's coming upon those who don't believe. It's not the wrath of God who's coming upon those outside of his body, but it's the wrath of God who comes upon his children, the sons of disobedience. So if we don't change, if we don't do anything to further our growth as Christians, then what's going what's God going to do about that? Well, God's going to punish the sons of disobedience. In verse number 7, he continues saying, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Now these things, we're we're all guilty of sin. We've all committed sin and we all fall short of God's glory. But ultimately Christ's sacrifice, and when we obey that sacrifice, we are forgiven of those things. You know what? When we put to death the old man with his deeds, we should do it for good. We shouldn't allow old sin to hang around. We shouldn't carry this extra baggage of the things that we still enjoy with us through Christianity, and say, well, I've, I've changed quite a bit, but I still want to do this. I still want to carry this along with me. You know, if we allow sin to hang around, then we're just like those children of disobedience. We're just like those sons of disobedience. So we have to put those things off for good. And he continues this thought of putting off certain things, but then replacing that with something else, with something better. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 8, it says, But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Now he tells them, continue to put off these things. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds, now put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge. So since we put off the old man with his deeds, we're supposed to put off, continue putting off the deeds. You can't put off the old man with his deeds and still carry around those old deeds. Instead, you put on the new man with the new deeds, the new works of God, and seeking him first. If we want to seek Christ, if we want to seek those heavenly things that are above, we have to do this. We have to put off our old deeds and put on new. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18 we read, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation but be filled with the Spirit. Don't fill yourself with vain and worthless things. Don't fill yourself with things of this world but instead be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with spiritual things. Fill yourself with God's Word. Fill yourself with prayer, with good works, whatever the case may be. And there's kind of a pattern that you can see throughout Scripture where God expects His people to do these two things. He expects us to put off old things and put on new spiritual things. And if we do both of those, then that will result in spiritual growth and blessing. And you can't have spiritual growth and blessing with just one of those things. You know, because if you... If you're really good at putting off sin and putting off the old things, but you don't fill yourself with spiritual things, then what are you going to fill yourself with? Eventually it will be back to those old things. Maybe you don't put off the old things, but you're really good at putting on the spiritual things. That's not going to help us either. In either one of those cases, we won't grow and we'll fail. So we have to put off and put on. So what do we put on? How do, what do we replace those works of evil with? We can read about those in the next few verses. In verse 12, we read, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection." as the elect of God, as His children, as members of the body of Christ, put on these things. Put on mercy. Put on kindness. Put on love. Put on forgiveness. These are all things that Christ showed in His life. These are all things that Christ showed to others. He showed many people mercy. He showed many people patience and forgiveness and kindness and love, ultimately. And so if we want to Grow as Christians, if we want to seek Him first, not just in our mind and what we think about, but in our actions, then we need to put all of these things on and live them out in our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and 13 says, Now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And love is at the very core of our belief, because if God didn't love us, then why would He send a Son? If Jesus didn't love us, why would He sacrifice Himself for our sins? So we have to not just experience that love, but show that love to others. Because love will ultimately bring forgiveness. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and 8, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. As Christians, we have to have love for one another. Like he said, love will cover a multitude of sins. The love of God has covered a multitude of sins. The love of Jesus has done the same. And so if we want to cover a multitude of sins today, we have to have love for one another. If we want to seek God and seek those things, we have to put on love and mercy and kindness and neglect the old man with his deeds. Verse 16 and 17, the last couple of verses that we'll read this afternoon, says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. If We want to continue to live in Christ because, Lord willing, we're all going to get up out of these chairs. We're all going to walk out the doors. We're all going to go to work, go to family gatherings this week. We're all going to continue on in life. And we have to continue to grow as Christians if we want to, to have those blessings, that that promise of the reward of heaven. We have to let the word of Christ dwell in us. We have to continue to put on spiritual things. You can't just put on spiritual things for one day a week. You can't just go to church and say, well, I've, I've done my spiritual deeds I've needed to do. I've put on all that I need to for the week. We have to continue Every day, allowing the word of Christ to dwell in us and allowing our deeds, what we do, whether that's through speech or action, to be in the name of Jesus. So if we seek Him first, if we truly do, then our actions and our thoughts and our words will reflect that. And I think that's what all of our goals should be as we live in this life. To seek Christ first and not just to say, well, I seek Christ first, but actually to do it, actually to live that life of seeking Him. So as we close this afternoon, there's a couple things that I want to leave with us to think about. Putting Christ first in mind and action is, is what we should be all about as Christians. And then by doing so, if we want to put Christ first in, in our actions, then we have to put off the death. We have to put the, to death the deeds of the old man and also put on the deeds of Christ. And if we do those things, I believe that we can be successful Christians and make a difference in this world. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ Wheeler Area.